the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquart. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquart on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Later, we'll be on Apple Podcasts or TalkLawRadio.com. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only, and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you learn today should be relied upon only when coordinated with your individual professional advice. Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show today, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. New businesses and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, family limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in guardianships, probate, real estate litigation, breach of contract, and personal injury. Check out our blog at marquartlawfirm.com to read about why getting your affairs in order before you go on vacation is important. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for not doing your will. Please help us to uh, give good information uh, to the listeners today about diversity, equity, and inclusion with Otis Scott. Scotty, help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. So today we're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion with Otis Scott. He goes by Scotty, who has a terrific uh, experience and education in this field. He's uh, worked for several major companies. He's uh, served in the military. And so today he's going to help us understand diversity, equity, and inclusion. Scotty, welcome to the show. Well, thanks a lot, Todd. It's uh, great to be here with you and uh, definitely be talking about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion today. Okay. Sometimes you call it D, E, and I. Yes. Okay. I just wanted the listeners to know that in case... Your acronyms slip out like that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. You know, we want to make sure that people have a you know firm understanding of what DE&I is, and hopefully 
it will make a difference in not only their lives, but in their in what they do and at their companies. Yeah, we have a lot of business listeners uh, that I've met over the last couple of years. Um, they're either in the office right now because they're small businesses. They work on Saturday or they're on the road. Uh, a lot of businesses, you know, going from appointment to appointment, they may only hear part of our show. So if if you miss part of it, um, just go online at talklawradio.com or find the podcast. Okay, Scotty, tell us uh, a little bit about your experience. Uh, how did you learn all this stuff, and how did you get to where you are now? Well, Tyson, you know, one of the things, uh, when I first started out, you know, I was not an individual that, you know, I had seen uh, many different things because uh, I grew up in a military environment, and I traveled a lot with my father. So uh, Georgia, Alabama, California, Maryland, Europe, uh, had some great opportunities there. But also, you know, I saw a lot of things in the process. And the good thing about that was I was able to experience different different cultures and different aspects, you know, in, in our society. So one of the things I wanted to do was be able to serve our, our nation. At that particular time, the Vietnam War was going on, and I decided that I wanted to join the military. And I went to the Air Force, and the thing that, that was uh, really kind of ironic about it was I had actually, and hopefully uh, this will not, you know, um, influence any students that, are, that plan on going to college, but I had a full scholarship, and I was going to college, and the the band and everything that, that I was uh, going to, to college for and all was uh, – was almost like a military organization. They had you get up early in the morning. They cut off all your hair. Uh, they they carted these. Uh, they thought you know you were lower. You were like a crab. You were lower than a crab. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about that was, I was like, oh my god, I don't I don't need this at this stage of my life. So what I do? I join the military. What they do? Cut off all my hair. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and we, we went right into it. But it was probably the best decision that I, that I, that I ever made uh, because I had a chance to experience a lot. Uh, I started off as a military working dog handler, bomb dog handler, and from there I worked many uh, different aspects, both in uh, security and law enforcement. And then from there I was fortunate enough to get selected for the uh, on-site inspection agency, which was handling arms control uh, at that particular time and everything. And then finally I was fortunate enough to be selected for, to be the command chief for the Air Force District of Washington. Um, well, I was able to give back and make a difference for so many of our airmen, both in that particular area and in other areas around the world, which included almost uh, 30,000 people. Wow. So the, the, from, from there, as I made that transition, you know, one of the great things about that was uh, in leaving the military, uh, you know, I, like many others, I didn't, didn't really have a game plan per se, but I knew I wanted to have a career. You know, I was fortunate enough to, to go to work for uh, Carmax at the Deputy Time, which was moving west, and actually opened up the CarMax that's here on 10. Uh, so many of you driving vehicles now, uh, you can probably thank me for that. And yeah. then I uh, was fortunate enough to run into somebody uh, that worked for me in D.C. going to a Dallas Cowboy game. And they said, hey, how about coming to CPS Energy? And I said, uh, show me the money. They did, and <laughs> I ended up there. And it was one of the best things that could happen to me because CPS Energy is a great company. Uh, they make a difference for this community. And... The good part that I had a chance to uh, really get into the diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, program. So in, the, in helping them develop their program, uh, you know, we found that. Well, <clears throat> let me stop you. What year was that? Uh, that was in the, uh, not the, the late 90s. Well, actually, it was 2000. So anywhere from, from 2000 to 2012, that was the time period that I was at CPS Energy. So I, before. Prior to this year or last year, I never heard those three words together, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So is that what they were calling it at, at that time in at, 2000? At that particular time, all you were hearing about was diversity. Oh, okay. And you did hear about uh, some of the terms such as uh, ERGs, employee resource groups, things of this nature. Then from there, you start to hear about inclusion, which I'll explain more in detail later. Mm-hmm. And finally, you know, equity. So that was uh, that was with you know CPS Energy, and then from there. Well, you, let, why don't you explain um, one of the programs that you helped develop there? Okay, 
one of one of the programs that that we helped was develop was the employee resource groups. Uh, employee resource groups are employee led groups that tie back to the company's strategy, and they help the company grow in the sense that not only do they or not only are they more inclusive for the employees, but the good part about it is that they have programs and things that also impact the community. So one of the good parts about one of the groups there, HOPE, which is in Hispanic Organization of Public Employees, was that they were able to provide scholarships for individuals that wanted to go on into higher, edu- into higher education. Mm-hmm. And so they were going to provide scholarships for that. Correct. That's great. But it also had had the effect of including employees in something. Right. So in other words, it wasn't just a Hispanic organization. It was open to all employees as well. So that was one thing about your ERGs. They were open to, to everyone, not just that particular group or ethnicity. Okay. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about your history and your education and your experience, and we'll talk about... Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Stay tuned. We've heard how important it is to avoid probate through a living trust. You want to do the best thing, but frankly, don't quite understand what probate is or how a living trust can help you. Attorney Todd Marquardt can help. He makes it easy to understand so you can avoid what a nightmare probate could be for your family. Call and make an appointment. Marquardt Law Firm makes it so simple to set up a living trust so you can feel secure now. Call Marquardt Law Firm and find out how a living trust can help your loved one settle your affairs without a judge in court. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquart here with Scotty, uh, legal name Otis Scott. He's here talking to us uh, about diversity, equity, and inclusion, trying to remember all those three words put together. And he was just telling us about his uh, experience at CPS Energy. Uh, Scotty, what was next? What was next was, uh, and, I, and this is kind of ironic, uh, once I retired from CPS Energy on a Friday, I actually went to work at UTSA on a Monday. Wow, and that's quick. Really. And uh, the wife joked with me, um, aren't you going to take on a vacation? I'm like, why? You know, there's, there's things we need to do, and we need to make a difference in people's lives. So it was great to start at UTSA, and like everybody, uh, this just wasn't, you know, I just got selected and picked up there. No, I had to go through the hiring process the same as anyone else, and I started actually there with the College of Engineering. I worked there for for almost a year, and was fortunate enough to get selected to be the assistant director for employee relations there, where I acted as a recruiter, as mm-hmm. a, where I actually recruited recruiters to recruit our students. <laughs> so it was a great time there to... Uh, be able to make a difference in their lives and help them on their journey in their pr- profession. So that was uh, there. And then even in that process, you know, I was still, you know, heavily involved as far as, you know, helping not only the the, the student students, but also our student veterans. And then our diversity, equity, and inclusion program, which I've been involved with the Texas Diversity Council almost since inception, which is now going on to be the National Diversity Council, and the focus is on diversity, equity, and inclusion. So the good part about that is that, you know, we hope to make a difference, you know, in, in our society and make it and make the workplace more inclusive for everyone. Okay. So that brings us through your experience at, at UTSA, mm-hmm. uh, but you retired from there also, Yes, right? I did. And, yes, and uh, then what happened? Then I actually uh, took some time off, and, you know, fortunately um, and unfortunately for many of us, you know, around the country, CV-19 hit. Um, I took about a uh, year, maybe a year and a half off, and then I was fortunate enough to uh, to land employment with Edwards Aquifer Authority. Which, but during that time that you you say you were off, you were really developing your ideas about this diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? Right. I was actually helping other companies in the process. Uh, I was actually running my own business, which which is uh, S3 Consulting, which stands for Speaker, Strategist, and Solutionist. And 
I was helping other companies with their diversity programs, uh, which I can't mention right now, but they were, they were major corporations that I was uh, helping them with. And somebody from Edwards Aquifer noticed you. Yes, they did, and I was glad for that because <laughs> this gives, gives me an opportunity to, 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 help an, to help a company that, that wants to make a difference for their employees and grow and, grow and develop a diversity and equity inclusion program. For the people that are listening that may not know what Edwards Aquifer does, will you explain briefly? Yes, uh, Edwards Aquifer uh, manages the Edwards Aquifer, which is uh, our our water system here within the uh, Texas region, which covers eight different counties, and they manage, enhance, and protect the Edwards Aquifer so that we will have water not only for this generation but for next the next generations to come. That's where we get our the, the, the water that goes through our housing, our plumbing. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And I tell every I tell everybody if you're if you're having a glass of water, a cup of coffee, tea or whatever, if it has water in it, raise a glass that was out for because we, <laughs> we 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 protect and provide that for you. Great. And so so far, um, what have you uh, gotten started with there. Uh, with that company, we're, we're just we're just starting to get the program off the ground. Uh, we're we're actually uh, setting up the section. What we're what we're going to do is look and establish our strategies for that particular program, like we would with any with any company. Uh, we want to have a strategy going forward and make sure that senior leadership is behind that strategy and help it help it grow and then engage the employees and help them understand what DEI is about and how they can make a difference at the company. So far, I've heard you talk a lot about service and making a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that runs through you and through your heart. Right. What made you so passionate about this type of service with diversity? <clears throat> because I've seen so many uh, inequities and uh, discriminations, you know, within our, within our society. You know, I know as a youngster, <clears throat> I had an uncle that... Uh, ran a farm and a ranch, and we would actually go to the stockyard. And as we were um, going to the restaurant, you know, I placed an order, and the lady said that you, you need to go out to the side window in order to get your food. And I was like, why? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody else was getting their food in the restaurant, and they were eating in there, and just because of, just by me being an African-American, you know, I had to do that. And then I've seen in other countries, too, where, for instance, in Russia, where, if you weren't um, using uh, U.S. dollars or yen or any, you know, major currency, um, you had to go outside to a window to get your food, you right. know. And then uh, even, in, even in Europe where I was very welcomed, uh, they even had, you know, instances where individuals would be told that they needed to, uh, you could see that they were discriminating against them based upon, you know, where they were from. And a lot of times you were people that were people from the islands or people that may have been from the uh, from India or places like this. Okay. And, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer in, you know, how you treat people and how you go about dealing with people makes a big difference in in how, you know, you're treated. You know, and I want to be treated the, the same as anybody else, as an equal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is one reason I'm very passionate about um, helping people understand and, and, and navigate down that path of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Um, we talked about diversity, equity, inclusion. Can you explain in more detail? Uh, yes. You know, the way we discuss and approach diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace is changing. It wasn't long ago that we spoke about diversity, equity, and inclusion before just being, you know, diversity. Uh, really, if you define diversity and inclusion within your workplace, you show that you generally care that, that all of your employees belong. And a lot of times people ask, well, why does that matter? You know, and I go back to a report by Forrester that found that the workplace belonging leads to a 50, 56% increase in job performance and a 50% reduction in turnover risk. If you think about it, it costs almost $3,000 to hire someone. And if that person leaves, just think about the, the money that's walking out the door. Because when you think about it, the cornerstone of creating any company's uh, community is a shared understanding of diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, you have to bring that sense of belonging. It's a fundamental human need to, to have that. 
So for organizations to, to guarantee a sense of belonging, they must first have a defined DEI strategy in order to have effective programs. Okay. So you see increased profitability for Ex- companies that do this. Exactly. You know, and that, that shouldn't be, you know, the driving factor, but that should be as a result of having effective programs. Mm-hmm. And you notice that in your prior work with uh, CPS and, and with UTSA yes. that that having diversity would increase productivity. Yes, yes, it does. You know, and being able to to have individuals that 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 provide you with different different ideas and thoughts. You know, that's the that's the driving factor. A lot of times, and I'm quite sure you've heard this. You know, that that group think. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody everybody looks the same or acts the same, and so you come up with the the same ideas. Right. But if you have different different people, different thoughts and things, then guess what? You come up with with new ideas, new programs. You're able to to really grow the grow the company based upon that. And that's that's the good part about it because now now you're able to to make a difference not only for for them but also you're able to make a difference for your company. Okay, good. How is this uh similar or different from um the 1964 act that that stops people from discriminating? The the law that said if you discriminate in employment and workplace uh, you can be fined. Right. Well, you know, actually it goes back, you know, further than that. And let me kind of try and define, you know, each one. Okay. Uh, diversity in and of itself, is, uh, you know, was in, was in the legislation in the workplace uh, back in 1948 when President Truman signed Executive Order 9981 that basically desegregated the U.S. Army. And, and the military, one thing I can say, you know, they've been at the forefront, you know, of this for, for quite some time. You know, in the years that followed, uh, this legislation serves as a foundation for, the, for multiple other laws aiming to end ethnic segregation in the workplace. Accordingly, diversity was largely seen as visibly representing minority groups. And that's, that's where the biggest shift in definition comes from where diversity once referred to your company's makeup of racial, gender, and, and sexual, sexually demographics, in the modern workplace, the meaning is taking on new, new facets. Okay. So it covers many different areas now. And, I mean, we talk about individuals that may have different abilities, uh, individuals that uh, you hear, you know, LGBT, which is uh, now it's even at uh, LGBTA+. So you, you hear many different things now. So think about, you know, Culture, knowledge, and experience now all carry equal weight, too. So real diversity is recognizing that people aren't a set of attributes on a spreadsheet and that every voice is unique. That not to discount the importance of having a diverse workforce on all fronts, but that true diversity requires a deep understanding of each person. It's this approach to diversity that leads to the next area, inclusion. Okay. So how would you define that? Inclusion in the workplace means ensuring that every employee is given the room to thrive. In other words, if diversity concerns building a workforce with a wide-ranging selection of backgrounds and experiences, inclusion policy is how you give them all a voice. That's why diversity without inclusion is simply meaningless. When you think about it, greater inclusion leads to greater employee engagement and several key benefits, one of those being a 6.2% increase in on-the-job effort, a 5% increase in employee intent to stay, and a nearly 3% increase in individual employee performance. While diversity and inclusion are distinct and require attention in their own right, they're inherently shaped by one another. Changing hiring procedures to ensure diverse staff is important, but they need the proper space to grow as well, and if they don't, that leads to tokenism. Forrester found that workplace belonging leads to a 56% increase in job performance and a 50% reduction in turnover risk. Just think about that from a monetary standpoint. Right. I think in the past, before I I heard about these ideas in the past couple of years, we talked about uh, whether or not the staff was engaged. So that, that sort of belonging, that sort of inclusiveness, right? Right. Engagement. Right. You know, and that that leads to the the equity, and you know, a lot of times, you know, 
when we talk about equity, equity refers to the policies you institute that support diversity and inclusion in your company. You know, it's really about recognizing that each individual is unique and accommodating their needs properly by acknowledging the structural imbalance in your company if you discover tangible real-world solutions. Equity's first businesses go through a consistent process of redress, readdressing the balance of opportunity. It's a matter of recognizing that certain groups are subject to advantages and vice versa, where that's, whether it's gender pay gaps or bias-based on, bias onboarding practices and taking direct substantial actions. Thank you for explaining those uh, important definitions. Uh, some of those are intuitive. You know, we know what diversity is. We know what equity is. We know what inclusiveness means. Uh, but when you when you bring it into uh, employment setting and to people, it has additional meetings as well. And then we have to make it all work. So when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, equity versus equality. Those are different and similar. (laughs) And we'll talk about business practices and the law. So stay tuned. Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Scotty, Otis Scott who is talking to us about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I just want to mention that we're on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Uh, Later we'll be on Apple Podcasts, and you can find episodes previously recorded at www.talklawradio.com. Today we're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, And uh, Scotty defined those for us just uh, before the break. Uh, Now we're going to learn what's the difference between equity and equality in the workplace. You know, and uh, the funny thing about that is that equity and equality may first appear like, you know, be uh, synonymous. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's some essential differences. When we talk about equity in the workplace, Equity assumes that all, em- all employees are the same and treats them as such. While this sounds inclusive, it's actually incredibly open to bias and ignores demographic-specific needs. Whereas equity in the workplace, equity recognizes that we're all different, and that's what makes each, a- each one of us great. Rather than blanket policies, equity-led business- businesses consider individual needs while also rebalancing structures to account for disadvantages faced by minority groups. Can you provide an example? Uh, yes, yes, I can. Um, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not a lot of times, you know, we, we go in and we say, well, gee, let's, let's have this particular thing, you know, for, for the employee groups, but we forget about certain, certain groups. Um, for instance, a good example would be Let's say, you know, a certain group speaks a certain language. Mm-hmm. And we say, well, gee, you know, we want it, we'll only have one, one language within the workplace. And you're excluding a whole different group if, mm-hmm. if you don't allow them to express thoughts, ideas, and things like in their own in their own language. Or if they go on break, you know, being able to talk in their own, their own language. Mm-hmm. So uh, this, this is, you may want to be, equal in the workplace, but it's not equitable. Okay, so how do you discover what's working or not working with the business? You ask. That's where, <laughs> your, that's where your employee resource groups come in. So having employee resource groups provide you with the feedback, that's, that's part of that business strategy, being able to receive that, that type of feedback from your employees and actually acting on that feedback. Okay, and... How would you go about 
um, re recruiting if you wanted to increase diversity? You need, you need a lot of times, you know, and I'm glad you asked that question because a lot of times, you know, people will say, well, gee, you know, we can't find people to come in from a certain ethnicity. You know, and my first question is, where have you been looking? Mm -hmm. Because if you go to the same places, you're going to get the same results. You have to expand expand the, the places that you look for employees. You have to go to organizations that uh, promote diversity. You have to go to organizations where individuals, let's say you go to a particular college. Mm -hmm. Well, if you've always been going to that same college or university, you're going to get what's at that same college or mm -hmm. university. So you need to ex expand out and go to different colleges and universities or go to different areas, or you may have to recruit outside of the U.S. to find you know what, what you need. So having those opportunities to, to, to expand even further out helps you it helps you add to that diversity aspect within your company. Okay. And uh, on that same vein, uh, what would be some simple things that you could do to um, promote inclusiveness? Some, some simple things are to, one, <clears throat> have employee resource groups. Two, to make sure that, that your strategies are strategies that are not only equitable but 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 promote equality within the within the workplace. Okay. And then, you know, make sure that as you start to to recruit and bring in individuals, you're not you're not always going to the the same resource mm -hmm. as before. You know, you're 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 expanding out and in the community because you really want to to find the best qualified to fill those positions mm -hmm. and make sure that that you're bringing in individuals that are going to add to the 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 company's bottom line and i guess you could use the employees to help develop some ideas too that's right that's that's why you have employee resource groups mm -hmm. and they help you they help you do that okay good um something um, that I forgot to ask you about way at the beginning was uh, what's something that you do for fun? Well, you know, one of the things that I love to do, and I've I've been doing this uh, probably for quite some time, grew up doing it, is uh, the classic cars. I mm -hmm. just, you know, I just love the, the 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 thrills that you get from from being able to restore them, to bring back something that from the bygone era that, that you can bring back and, you know, and show and take out and have fun and let other, and let other people appreciate. So that's, that's just where my passion is, and I just really get excited about having an opportunity to do that. So what year or what decade would be the, the starting point of what's defined as classic? Normally here in Texas, a classic car is 25 years old. Oh, okay. So... Um, well, that um, would just be like 1995, right? And back, yes, <laughs> yes, that is that is that is so right. Wow. So I've owned everything from 1923 all the way to probably in the classics uh, 1969. Mm-hmm. So well, that's what I would consider classic. I right. I did have a 1992 Mustang, but oh I God. I wouldn't consider it to be classic. I mean, it was just you know, plain old car. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and it, it depends. You you have different car clubs, just like just like everything. And this is the good part too, because as we're talking about, you know, diversity, the good part is that you have different car clubs that that cater to you know different needs. Mm -hmm. So some some you know it, the it has to be um, they have a huge event in Bernie called uh, the Key to the Hills every year. And it's everything, it's pre-1945 cars. Oh, okay. So, you know, those those type things, you know, you have different clubs that, like, you know, the year you were talking about, 90, 92, if I remember correctly, right. Mustang. Mm -hmm. You know, you have car clubs that will be very inclusive, you know, to you. Okay. So it's it's really, you know, what an individual is looking for, it's it's out there. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of hard work. And, you know, I'll tell anybody that, uh, it's not a hobby that you want to go into thinking, you know, yeah, it's only going to be pennies. It's it's going to it's mm -hmm. going to cost you. <laughs> yeah, 
I had a friend from church who was a member of the Corvette Club. All Corvettes. <laughs> right. Very, very, very familiar with that that particular club. You know, I see quite a few of those members, and I know quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now you've worked hard your your whole life, wouldn't you say? I would so, definitely say that. Uh, so what what motivates you when when the going gets tough? Thinking about you know how I can make a difference for others, you know. Um, and, you know, and I can honestly say, you know, my father, one of the things that he did was, uh, you know, we used to we used to get an allowance. It wasn't a lot, but uh, one day he came in and he had bought this brand-new lawnmower, and he's, he pointed to it and he said, there's your allowance right there. And I was like, really? <laughs> you know, so the good part about that was, you know, he showed us that uh, hard work can, can, can really take you places, and we learned that, you know, through that, uh, by by doing that and helping him, you know, in his business, and here again goes back to the classic cars. He was into that as well. Okay. Uh, we 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 learned that we can really make a make a difference. So uh, the things you would see, you know, if you went and cut somebody's line, did a great job. How happy they were for you doing a great job, you know, for them, mm-hmm. and then you were rewarded accordingly. So that's what I mean by you know service, you know, and service to the community. We learned that at a very early age. Yeah, I hope my kids have that same passion for helping others. Um, I, d- I do make my son mow the lawn. <laughs> and he has to do that to, to have the right to his cell phone. Right. You know, that's his allowance. So uh, we, we carry on that same tradition, too. Okay, we talked a little bit about the how diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, compare and contrast with the uh, discrimination laws. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was reading about that and the the labor code and the Texas Workforce Commission. Um, so I, I just wanted to point out to the listeners, um, just in case they, they feel like there's been a problem at their workplace, um, Texas Workforce Commission says, if you believe you may have been discriminated against in employment, um, you may submit a discrimination complaint through the Texas Workforce Commission Civil Rights Division. Uh, You can learn more online. That's where I found this information. Uh, The law is located in the Texas Labor Code, Chapter 21, and Title 7 of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, to protect individuals against employment discrimination on the basis of uh, race and gender and religion. An employer can't discriminate against uh, any employee or applicant in hiring, termination, promotion, uh, compensation, job training, or any other term, condition, or privilege of employment. Uh, When we come back, we'll talk more about diversity, equity, and inclusion, the law, and then we'll talk about legacy. So stay tuned. For years, we've heard how important it is to avoid probate through a living trust. You want to do the best thing, but frankly, don't quite understand what probate is or how a living trust can help you. Attorney Todd Marquardt can help. He makes it easy to understand so you can avoid what a nightmare probate could be for your family. Call and make an appointment. Marquardt Law Firm makes it so simple to set up a living trust so you can feel secure now. Call Marquardt Law Firm and find out how a living trust can help your loved one settle your affairs without a judge in court. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt, talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion with Scotty. That's Otis Scott, who has a lifetime of experience in human resources and diversity and in the military, doing great things with the military. And we were talking about uh, discrimination and uh, some resources, some places that you can look if you feel like you've been discriminated against in employment. I mentioned the Texas Workforce Commission. Scotty, what else would you suggest? I would also recommend the uh, EEOC, and that's where you get Employment Opportunity Commission uh, here in um, 
here in here in it's all they have an office here in San Antonio as well and they also have offices throughout the United States but that's a great resource if you feel like you've been discriminated on any things that were previously mentioned you can go to the EOC and they have individuals that can <clears throat> that can assist you with those concerns uh, also um, they can they can they can normally talk with companies but they can also take action should should there be a finding concerning any type of discrimination okay uh, I mentioned that the law prohibits uh, discrimination, but I don't think I got everything on the list. So the official law says, um, based on an ind- individual's race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. And recently in Texas, uh, this was the subject of some um, recent legislation that was introduced in uh, this past legislative session. Uh, One bill, House Bill 3979, was signed by Governor Abbott, uh, but there were some other related uh, bills that were introduced that were not passed. And the one that was interesting to me was House Bill 188, uh, there was a companion bill, Senate Bill 233, and a similar House Bill 2524, um, which wanted to amend Texas law to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity or expression in areas such as public accommodations, uh, state contractors, employment context, and in sale or lease or the terms and conditions of sale or lease of real property. Now, that bill wasn't passed, but I read that there was a United States Supreme Court opinion, I think it was June 2020, so a year ago. The court case was uh, Bostick versus Clayton County, and so the Supreme Court decided that... uh, those types of discrimination fall under the same law, um, the 1964 Civil Rights Act. So even though uh, the Texas legislature didn't pass that bill, um, it's still part of federal law because of that Supreme Court decision. So that was interesting to me. Now, in our fourth segment, we always talk about legacy because uh, Marquardt Law Firm sponsors the show, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. And I wanted to get your your take on uh, the importance of estate planning. You know, and I'm glad you asked that question, because I think it's it's great that we, you know, you do this, because we have so many, and especially, you know, minority and women, um, that failed to create some type of legacy for those individuals that, that they'll leave behind as they say, say go on. So, you know, creating a will, designating your beneficiaries, establishing a durable power of attorney and medical durable power of attorney, you know, and finding ways to reduce and avoid estate tax when possible and finding ways to avoid the probate court processes are all things that people need to be, be thinking about as they as they mature, you know, in life. And it's so important that they have somebody like yourself to be able to help guide them, you know, in that, in that process. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, when I met you, you were uh, working for UTSA. Correct. And um, what I remember about you at that time is you had terrific, terrifically high energy. You were a great networker. We were uh, attending an event put on by the Alamo Ranch and uh, 151 uh, Business Association. And um, what you said before is that that's part of what has made you successful is you're networking with people in whatever area you were, wherever you were living, um, whatever job you were doing. You've lived in lots of different places. You've met lots of different people. And so you you seem to have picked up on this estate planning importance just by um, 
living life. What are some other benefits that you think um, people would benefit by having estate planning done? You know, there are many, and I want to kind of hit on about 10 that I can think of right off. You know, one, you should be able to provide for your family. Uh, you know, good estate planning will make sure that your family is provided for and not left to face financial ruin once you're gone because, you know, so many things things can happen. And if you think about it, a lot of times the the when you lose that primary breadwinner in the family, think about how that's going to impact, you know, the, the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, it helps keep your children out of child protective services. You know, question the question you have to ask is: Do you really want a judge to decide who will raise your children without any input from you or your spouse? That can very easily happen if if you don't have some type of naming uh, a guardian in the right. will. And then you know, minimizing your expenses uh, when you die on the state plan. You know, without a living trust in particular, the courts are forced to handle everything: the distribution of your property, the guardianship of your children, the the dissolution of your business. You know, this is known as probate, and it gets very expensive. Uh, it can easily exceed over ten thousand dollars, even for 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 modest estates. Uh, guess what? You know, that's money your family, you know, and your kids could could use for living expenses and other bills. And the problem is that. Probate expenses are there whether you're a millionaire or whether you've got a little bit. It's uh, You have to follow a lot of the same steps. Exactly. And then if you want to be able to get property loved ones quickly, you have two options here. Option one, your family has to wait anywhere from three to nine months to get everything after you die. Or option two, your family gets money that they that they need to pay bills, to pay for your funeral, to pay for your outstanding medical bills, and to pay for anything else they need right away and without a delay. So which option are you going to choose, option one or option two? Do what's easy for them. That's what I say. Right. I do have a, a client or two every year that say, I'll be dead. I don't <laughs> care. But that's not the service attitude. No, that's not. And then you want to save your family from difficult decisions. Can you imagine... Uh, trying to decide when to pull the plug on your spouse who is in a coma or summer condition or decide how his or her remains should be handled. Those are not easy decisions. No. Not, you know, Todd, those decisions that you help us make mm-hmm. while we're still here to make those decisions. Yeah, you can use the, the Texas Directive to Physicians where you decide in advance to pull the plug or to to keep the treatment coming. Yeah. You know, and there's an old saying, there's two things that are guaranteed, death and taxes. That's right. <laughs> and, and you want to be able to reduce taxes. So every single dollar that you pay in taxes is one less dollar that your family will have, have, have for paying bills and other expenses. The key is to start that tax planning sooner rather than later, and definitely not to wait until the very end when it's too late. Yeah, Jesus said, render under Caesar what is Caesar's. Um, but I, I think when they stopped uh, writing, He said, and not a penny more. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, make retirement easier. You might be surprised to hear that estate planning can actually benefit you when you're alive, not just your family after you've gone. Health care is particularly an area where estate planning can benefit you enormously down the road by making sure you're eligible for government benefits like Medicare that you've been paying into most of your working life anyway, so you might as well, you know, get something back from it. And that can significantly reduce your health care costs and leave more money to your loved ones. You know, like I've always told a lot of the students that, you know, I want them to get very good jobs and, you know, be able to pay into the, to these programs like Social Security and Medicare. So when I become eligible, it's going to be there for right. me. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's been working so far. Hopefully our federal Congress will keep that going. Right. And then... uh Incapacity. Plan for incapacity. Estate plan is not just about death. It's very common for people to become incapacitated by an accident or a sudden medical episode, like a stroke. That leaves them unable to manage their financial affairs. If this happened to you, who's going to take care of paying your bills or managing your health care? Yeah, and you can decide in advance how you want to be taken care of. That's right. And then we all have causes that we like, so support your favorite cause. You might have heard that... uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, decided to join Bill Gates and Warren Buffett in leaving the vast majority of their fortune to charity instead of their family. 
Even though you don't have billions of dollars to lead a charity, you can still make a difference by supporting your favorite education, religious, or other charitable causes. Even if it's just $100, that's money that can help others and make a difference in their lives. Yeah, and you get to decide. Right. So it's not like taxes where you never know how it's going to be spent. That's right. So make sure your business runs smoothly. If you're a small business owner, like many of us, then you absolutely must have an estate plan. It's one of the most important things you can do, and it's not really not an option. Without one, your business will likely fall apart quickly and completely if if something happens to you, and that can cause incredible financial hardships on your family. You have the opportunity to provide for an early transition to someone else and continue the business by spelling out what happens if you become disabled or die. Don't do a disservice to your family by leaving these kinds of ends untied. Thank you for sharing all of that. Now, besides leaving money or assets or or specific things to family, um, we can also leave our values. And so uh, what impact have you made or or would you like for people to remember about the impact that you made? You know, I hope that people will be able to say that, you know, I want my headstone to read. He made a difference. And some of the things that, that I think that I've, that I've done, and I'll start working back um, backwards, is that hopefully a lot of uh, individuals that have gone to, to, to college, whether it's uh, undergraduate or graduate school, they've gone on to, to be, be great contributors you know, to our society. I uh, hope that through what I did uh, with CPS Energy, hopefully I've made a difference in our community. And then finally, what I did in the military, uh, hopefully I've made a difference and made this a safer place for not only this generation but the next generation to come. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Todd. That's it for Talk Law Radio. Uh, we just finished up talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And listen every Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning.